Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Shut up and sit down. Hey everybody, Adam and John here back with another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles. And today we're going to talk about kind of a, a gear review, kind of breakdown of, um, you know, everything that we brought with us and, and things that we liked, things that we would change uh, with everything that we brought out west with us. So I guess, you know, for me, uh, all of my experience, you know, save a, a couple trips here and there and, and uh you know, some, some weekend warrior type stuff is all based on like the military. So for me, I went at this from a very, I don't, I don't know, um, pragmatic standpoint, like where I, I kind of looked at things and said, you know, what is necessary, what's functional and very much a, uh, redundancy standpoint. So one of the main things is, like I said on uh, one of the previous podcasts, is what I would change is I would lighten it up and I would try and I would, I would try and go well away from that and try to go to a much more simplistic or minimalist style. Because I had, I've always been a guy that has everything, even every whitetail hunt. I have a pack full of things that I never use, and it's just a, a what if um, type scenario. And I think going into a big trip like this, I had the exact same you know, mindset of, you know, I, I gotta have two of these. I gotta have two of those. I gotta have two of these. I basically had two of everything and that gets pretty heavy. <laughs> um, so I guess to start this off, I guess with our, our gear setups, so our packs, we had a lot of, you know, discussion about that going in. I kept the Alps outdoor pack. I switched to the Molly, um, straps it was a little squeaky. Um, the squeak, and- squeaky mule. Yeah, I definitely, uh, it was definitely a little squeaky and it was just on the bottom strap, the way that it attached and the the bottom of one of the, 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 the straps, 
it, it just kind of rubbed and, and made the squeaking. It was not the the first couple of days. So I think the more weight that you had in it, it, it kind of bound that up. And what I was able to do, I put some duct tape around it and some moleskin and it sounds it. I didn't do that until like day number six or seven. So it wasn't, you know, it, I, I had a lot of squeaking before, before right. that. And it's, I think it's like a 5,500 cubic inch pack or something like that. Cubic centimeter or whatever. It's, it's huge. And so I could carry all the things that I didn't need. So I put a, a lot of it in there. Uh, but I didn't have any issue. It's funny because I, I joked around with John because he was talking about like how I wasn't complaining and how I was going too fast and how I was doing this and that. And I said, well, just imagine, John, if I had a pack like yours, I'd be you know, yeah. e- even even further ahead. <clears throat> but I didn't really have any issues with it. Except than- for when, you know, I didn't mention this before, but when we were going up the, the steep hills, you were behind me a lot of times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was not. I I didn't. Um, I was like, "Where'd Adam go?" <laughs> yeah, up, going up the up the steep hills. Maybe it was all that weight. <laughs> it, it could have been, but it was. It, it was just not. Um, I did not really enjoy it, and it was. <laughs> it wasn't like my legs. It was more like my like lungs and like my head, and I don't know if it was food calories any of that so I, I know there was one time where it was like i got to the top of this one thing and i like sat down and i just started eating i was <laughs> like i know that i haven't eaten enough today and uh, that was bad but uh yeah beyond that like going up i was like i was not i wasn't running up anything <laughs> i wasn't running i was just steady out yeah but you, you had also said like it was more difficult for you to go down than yeah. it was going up was fine yeah going up I could go up, I mean, that steep stuff, it was, it sucked, but I could just kind of, just steady go, and I was, you know, pretty fine with that, but. But, yeah, I mean, as far as my pack was concerned, it was, it was certainly fine. But another thing, too, is if you're going to shave some weight, that pack is quite a bit heavier. I mean, that steel frame, it's definitely, if you hold that pack up compared to my my XO, definitely some weight. Yeah. It was, like I said, I've said all along, like that pack is adequate. That's kind of all I can, it worked just fine. I had no complaints about the pack, but it was very big. And it, um, I guess the way that everything was laid out in it, it would have, I think mainly just because it was so big, and it wasn't. I wasn't able to organize things like the way that I wanted to. There's so many pockets that you got shit lost. That's <laughs> true. True. I had, I have two pockets in mine. So in your pack. So I ended up getting the XO, and I got the 3500. So, and that was the best purchase I think I could have made. It, it's worth every penny. I loved it. I mean, super comfortable straps. You know, I had no slippage. Even when I was, you know, fully loaded on those first two days, way overloaded, it uh, it worked great. No squeaks. Um, what else? And well, so, with in, inside of my pack, I had the the six AM G three pouches. They were like Cordura 
they're like somewhat waterproof. Um, I think they're like water resistant. They had like super heavy duty zippers on them and they were great. I was able to like segment all my gear and then I took, so if you saw any of my pictures, especially the one with the inReach, I had neon orange duct tape because I put that on my GPS. I put it on the inReach. I put it on the, the SD card container um, just so that if I dropped it or if it, I took it out, I would see it. And uh, I had written on there like everything that was in each one of those pouches. And so I used those, segmented all my gear like throughout with those. And then the largest one I actually had like all my extra clothes in. And it was so I was like a, kind of like waterproof like that. I was, I was worried about like that. And so then what I did in the, in the night is I put that underneath my um, sleeping pad and kind of propped my head up for a pillow. And then I used one of my other stuff sacks and I put a, a sweatshirt in there and used that as a pillow. Um, but those those gear pouches were, were great and they did they worked exactly for the, for the exact reason that I wanted them to is that I was able to not have to fumble through all my gear um, because that that pack was so large and, and they worked really good. And you did something similar. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> by the time I got around to it, uh, money was getting pretty tight. Wife was getting upset. So I just ended up ordering some real cheap dry, dry sacks. I think there were seven bucks and it was like a set of three. They weren't very big. I only used, I didn't even use them all. And I just used, and when I ordered my pack, my actual pack, I ended up getting, they had two of their mesh, uh, like little gear packs. And they have like a Velcro. So like you can either, there's a little Velcro uh, strip on the, on your hood, on the cover. And then right inside the main zipper too. So there's a Velcro, so you can attach those either on your main pack or up inside your your lid, and so I had two of those. So that's like the one I had my kill kit in it, and then the other one I had like uh, my extra headlamp, baby powder, stuff like that, just like essential stuff. And then I end up one of the one of the things I used most was actually for my dentist. Like the, I just went to the dentist before we left, and there was like a little sack that they give you now that comes with your toothbrush so I end up having my toothbrush toothpaste you know my pills and stuff and that little stuff sack so that was you know free basically that worked out good and you also had did you have one or two of those gear act pouches because I, I know you had the one that you had kept your phone in and all of your oh, just the one yeah but didn't you have that other larger one that like cinched down that's the one i had on didn't you have the that the gray one, that was, one that zippered too? Yeah, but that I never brought that. Oh, that was that was that stayed in my bronc box. Okay, I that brought had it. your other releases in it and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So on the the other, I bought one of the EXO zipper packs or zipper pouches to go on my belt, and then I just used the other Gear Act one that you gave me to put on the other side. And that's when I kept my. So on that side, I had. On my left side, I had uh, the gear act, which I kept putting my phone in. And then I had my bow hook. And then on my right side, I just had the little EXO zipper pack, which okay. uh, miscellaneous stuff in there throughout the trip. So Yeah, and so I had two of those. I, so I had my 
Gearac Vinyl Harness, and then I had the the Gearac Rangefinder Pouch or whatever on the one side, and I put one on the other side actually, and that's what I kept the camera in. And I I, I still think those are great. I mean, I think you know you can put that on your um, like safety harness or anything for like whitetail hunting, like to carry like whatever miscellaneous gear and like the actually the tethered um, uh, saddles one of the things that they have is a sack like that so you can put like kind of like all your your stuff in almost like a um, one of the chalk pouches that they use for like rock climbing and stuff it's kind of like the same principle but with that I guess that's one of the things I don't like about that Alps pack is that there's those on the waist belt there's two pouches that only have one zipper they seem to zip counterintuitively so like i was continually fighting with them because the zippers didn't zip like the way that i would have had them zip and they only had one zipper so it was like there was no way to to defeat that and they weren't removable so you were relegated to those pouches that they put on there where if you could put your own stuff on there or make it a little bit more customizable that would have been better so i guess that's one thing that i would change about that pack outside of that so and and that's kind of like how we carried all of our our gear and then so with our our camping gear john and i thought we had bought the same tent but they were just slightly different yeah did you look at yours because mine definitely says two on it so yeah i i didn't look so um yeah so just the way that they went up they didn't look one bigger than the other or or anything like that. It was just they had a different pole system. Yeah, yours had a double split. Mine was just a single split. And with that, like the it was the Nature Hike UL two or something like that. And I, I said it before. It's pretty much like a Big Agnes uh, clone or, or something like that. But it was like a hundred and thirty dollars or something like that. It wasn't wasn't terribly expensive. Uh, but it held up great. It was fine, super light. It's like less than four pounds. I had no complaints with the tent. <clears throat> you could set it up with or without the fly, with or without the tent, um, just with the, the footprint. Uh, so there were ways, like if you if you wanted to make it lighter, you certainly could. And so initially when I was going to go out there, I was going to just use a tarp. And it would have been fine, with the exception of... They said that there were some bees out there. They didn't have <laughs> bugs. There were more bees and ball face hornets than I'd ever seen in my whole life. It was absurd. So, the the if, if you didn't, if I were to use like a floorless shelter or something like that out there, it, it would have been like bee central in there. So I'm very glad that I ended up going with a tent. Yeah, even even with the tent. Like the one day, like if you opened up your tent, you had to get it closed up right away. The one day I left it open for like 30 seconds, I turned around and I had two bald face horns, which I thought, I thought I had two, but then later that night I was like, dude, you can't, don't let me forget that there's hornets in my, my tent because I'll end up, you know, getting stung. So I ended up getting back that night, took all my gear out and there was three of them in there. So yeah, it was... We never mentioned that in the, the last podcast, but I've never heard or seen anything like that in my life. Like when you woke up in the morning and as soon as the sun started uh, breaking the trees, if you looked up in that sunlight, it was just nothing but bees and wasps. And that's all you heard all day long. 
Just yeah, there was solid a lot buzzing of of bees. There's so, times where we'd stop to eat, you know, take a break, and they would literally just swarm you. They we never got stung. We didn't swat them or anything, but they would they would especially if you had face paint on, they'd come up and like land right on your face. They'd land right, I mean, just all over you. Yeah, and so the guy that was helping us out out there, like you know, told us like bring a chainsaw, etc. He was like, you might want to get a prescription for some steroids, and I was like, eh, you know, I don't know. It seems like a lot of hassle. And for as far back in as we were, and they, I mean. So constantly there were bees, like the yellow jackets and then the ball face hornets. But the, I mean, you'd be walking around and you'd see holes in the ground. They would just be yellow jacks coming out of it, yellow jacks. And it was like, if you were to make a wrong step and it definitely, if you were allergic, it would have been terrifying. There were so many bees. Um, I'm really glad that I went with the tent. And then, so um, I had 20 degree, but it was probably more like a, a 40 degree down 800 fill uh aegis max sleeping bag it squishes down to about the size a little bit bigger than a nalgene bottle and um i didn't really have any problems with it other than the fact that i wish i would have like looked at the specifications on it because they have a long version and a regular version and so it was a little bit tight um but i actually brought with me um a down like throw quilt that i got from kohl's for like 15 bucks and I figured I would just either use that as a uh, a pillow or just kind of like a, a, a as an add-on, like extra, just in case I needed it. And I used it to cover my shoulders because it was like I could either like zip up and not move. And in the days of the quarter, we were camping on a on a slope, like that wasn't a very good option because <laughs> I was sliding around in there, so I had to have my arms out. Um, but that worked fine. And like I said, I used a stuff sack with a, a sweatshirt or whatever for a pillow. And um, that was pretty much that. And so I had this real tiny light titanium just like stove and a, a titanium cup, super light. But it was only 500 milliliters. And so I definitely would have went with a larger one of those. So it was basically like at capacity when I was making my dinners and stuff like that. And, um, one of the things, like I had seen them before and never put any, like, like much stock into it, but I'd seen a lot of the people that had brought like something to go around that canteen cup or their, their, their cup and their stove. And so when I was doing everything at home, it was, you know, not at altitude and relatively warm and it was boiling really fast it's not that it didn't come to a boil. It just took like a lot more time and a lot more fuel. And John's jet boil was like immediate. Like, so I I would change that. I don't know if I'd necessarily go with a jet boil. I might just because it's. I I had no, no problems. I liked it packed up nice. It had the nice big cup. Like you said, it, that sucker boiled water 90 seconds. I mean, just one other thing, like, I had asked John, like, hey, do you have, like, a camp chair? Because I've got one, and I've got to remember to put that in there. I think I'm going to bring it. I didn't bring it, and I really wish that I would have. John had his, and it was, like, probably one of the better. Yeah. <clears throat> I just had, I just brought one of my little 
three-legged stools from my my turkey blind and that i mean it's not like lightweight or anything i mean you can buy a lightweight version of that i'm sure but yeah that saved me because by the time i got back to camp every night i was looking forward to sitting on that sucker taking my boots off i didn't want to be sitting on the ground and get up in the morning get dressed sit on it eat my breakfast on it so that thing was definitely kick-ass but yeah mine i ended up um the tent that was perfect for me i ended up going with a 30 degree bag and on the first like a hike and bike yeah hike mine was a hike and bike yeah 30 degree bag and i mean i got the the xl or whatever the large and it fit me perfect i'm 6'3 you know 230 pounds or well, it's probably like 210 by the time we got done with our trip, but fit great. But like the first night, I froze my butt off. We're out in the, like a clearing, and got cold, and I didn't have an extra cold. I ended up putting all my extra clothes on, and it might have been a mistake. The rest of the time, I just slept in my underwear, and I actually was like sweating and stuff. So that bag was, you know, worked out great for that for that temperature range <clears throat> ended up getting the jet boil just i think it was the flash and that worked great um i just ended up getting, you bought a super expensive pillow yeah i ended up getting the sea to summit uh pillow and that thing was great i had a couple of the like little travel pillows that my wife had bought before for flying with the self-inflatable, but they're, they have like a foam in them that helps them self-inflate and they're heavy and bulky for what they really were. I had two of them. So yeah, I ended up getting the large version of the Sea to Summit. They're pricey. It was like 44 bucks, but for me it was worth it. I mean, I, I tried sleeping before we left, I tried out my stuff here, and I had that one little uh, blow-up pillow that my wife had got and ended up with a stiff neck, and the Sea Summit was quite nice. And it rolls up into nothing, weighs nothing. It's got a nice little, like, plush cover on it, so pretty nice. And then I end up with the... My uh, sleeping pad, I think we talked about that before, it was a climate. The problem with that, I mean, it was nice. It was It's big and wide, but it's pretty heavy. So if you, I mean, that could be something that you could shave off a little bit, a few ounces probably. But for as big as I am, I wanted to go with the, the wider bag or wider one, and it's thicker. I almost originally bought the insulated one, which that one's definitely like more more weight so definitely want to uh, shave some weight there yeah i had the rei uh flash um and like i mentioned before it was a, a factory second that was all jacked up and like the one side was like super big um like one of the the baffles or something didn't get welded so it was just like larger on the one one side it was like double baffled. You should have put that on the downhill side and would have kept you from rolling down. Yeah, that's hindsight being twenty twenty. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I can sleep anywhere on anything. So 
it was more difficult on a slope sliding around, but that was, that was fine. It was free. So it worked out. And then one of the things that we didn't mention before with the packs is I had the Alps commander pack, which is a external frame, um, steel framed pack. Um, and it's one of their older versions. They have a commander X that looks like a, a nicer pack or like a, a little bit more modern style pack. This is kind of like an older style pack. And then John had the, it's an XO pack, but it's an XO. It's the 3500. Yeah, K3500, which has got the titanium, like internal frame. Yep. And it's got, you know, like the pouches, like your belt has a Velcro strip on each side. <clears throat> and then it's got your regular strap. So when you purchase their extra pouches, they have a, a Velcro on the opposite side. And you can just slip them on. So, like, if you wanted to, you could have four different pouches. I just went with one, knowing that we had our uh, gear axe. And plus, we're carrying guns. And I ended up going with the bow hook. But, yeah, I, like I said, I absolutely love my pack. No complaints there. And then for, like, so John's went over his bow set up, like, a million times. So have I. Um, but I think one of the things that we both agree on and this is my first year with a carbon bow i think yours too yeah like the fact that that riser is not cold oh it was just it was just just amazing and my, my bow was super light super small so it was easy maneuverable and john's bow even though it's carbon it's big it has aluminum ends off of the carbon riser this is aluminum right yeah yeah and so his bow was noticeably more heavy than my i mean you know he'd hand it to me and it's like oh my gosh so if i were to have like a an older an older bow or something like that i'm i'm ecstatic um with that the diamond deploy same as the carbon icon same as the carbon knight um just for for the setup that i had we didn't have i mean when we got out there we did uh shoot our bows before we left and then halfway through, we shot our bows and had to make some adjustments to our site. And then when we got back home, we had to readjust back. So I don't know if it was elevation or, or what was the deal, but it was just yeah. it was just odd. I mean, they did get banged around, but it was really weird. Yeah, it's just it's just the climate, you know, dry. I mean, heat, anything can happen with them. But yeah, I'm pretty sure it was just the. Just the climate, maybe a little bit of the elevation, maybe, it, you know, it was definitely drier out there. We're coming from a freaking real humid summer here. So, you know, your strings, the wax starts to seep out or whatever. Hard telling, but that's why we bring a target and we shoot, make our adjustments. I think you were shooting, you were shooting high and I was shooting low. So, you know, could have been one cables stretching a little bit more or one, you know, whatever. Not quite sure, but they're back to normal. And but they I, were shooting good. We just made we were shooting consistent. Yep. So we just made our adjustments, and that just goes to show you. I mean, you leave with a fine-tuned bow and get out there, and you know your bow is tuned. Just make some minor adjustments with your sight. Now, if you're shooting off the target, then you hmm. you, you might have banged something pretty good. <laughs> yeah, and so. Like I say, I, I couldn't have been happier with my, my decision with that with that bow. Um, beyond that, I had 
the gear rack vinyl harness, like I mentioned, and I really like it. I wouldn't change anything about it because it's, it's very functional in the way that it works. Um, as far as functionality, uh, for being a bino harness, um, one of the things it doesn't have, it's got the two mesh pockets on the side and it's got a, um, some molly on the bottom so where you could attach something there if you wanted to. If it had a piece of a, like John's, uh, Alaskan guide creations has a piece of, uh, elastic on the top, on the lid. Um, so we can stick stuff under there and, there's actually two pockets on the top. Yeah, so 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 that is great. Like I noticed it when we were shooting 3D. You know, you just stick your your target under there, and I had mine underneath. There's a pow- uh, there's a zippered pocket in the back where I kept my licenses and stuff. Um, that's where I'd put mine, but it was gets sweaty and it's kind of cumbersome. Um, but also, you know, if they were to put on the front of that lid or on just a little bit on the front, even another mesh pocket or a piece of elastic just to have like your diaphragms in like it, that would have made like a world of difference for me as far as like the ease of use functionality, any of that sort of thing, because it for eight or 10 hours a day, having a diaphragm in your mouth, like it's <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, cause we got, both had diaphragm pouches, but they're a pain in the ass to use. I actually ended up taking mine off, but like when I, Mine, my bino harness is the Alaskan Guide Creations, and it's like the hybrid. So I, I wanted it with the mesh pockets on each side. I didn't want the zippers, but then it's got the um, uh, your rangefinder pouch in the front. Well, when I'm hunting, I like to have I have a I make a little tether, and I like to tether that up to my like one of the straps on my bino harness, so that way it's always out. And it's a short tether, so it's it's just the right length where I can pick it up within my body. You know, my arms and stuff are inside my body frame. I can range it, and then if I drop it down, it's not on the um like the bungee tether that comes with it. I mean, that works good. Like when we shot the uh, total archery challenge, I kept mine my rangefinder on that, and then it just. And then you just put it right back in the little zippered pouch on the front. <clears throat> but when we're hunting, I don't want to deal with all that. I like to have it clipped on. So I just clip it on a short little tether. Well, that opened up my little zipper pouch in the front. So I end up keeping all my diaphragms right in there, which is nice. Because then you can, they'll dry out, whatever, and you can pick through them. And then I have my, you know, release on one side. Uh, my easy asterisk, you know, cow call on the other side. And then I had that, you know tethered to the the other strap <clears throat> that way if i you know dropped it or whatever but then i kept my wind checker and the little elastic pouch on the top that you were talking about no i didn't lose anything everything worked out perfect i mean completely 100 percent satisfied i wouldn't change anything with my harness except for my binos <laughs> my binos you know we've talked about those before like I only used them a couple times out there, but when I did pull them out, I got the Bear Grylls Bushnell, and there's, I don't know, something on that rubberized or whatever, it'd squeak every time I pull it out of my pouch and they'd squeak. So, yeah, I didn't have that at all, um, but I've got the 
the Vortex Crossfire 8x42s. And we didn't, I mean, we used them here and there. We never needed them. No. Um, and, you know, I mean, we we looked through them trying to, to, to figure some things out and kind of see if we could see anything. But it wasn't like we were glassing behind them for hours and hours a day. Um, and, you know, our harnesses worked to hold our binos just fine. You had, you know, the squeaking issue. Um, and I'd like to have a little bit more storage in mind. But, I mean, I got it knowing that there wasn't. There's only two pouches, so right. um, it's just a, a kind of that that was a given. But it would be nice. Those are the things that I would that I would change uh, just simply for that. Now for for whitetail hunting, you know, I don't need any of that stuff. Right. It would just it would be excess. Um, and then we each had pistols, um, not knowing what we were getting into. And uh, I would definitely go with, I had a, a drop leg uh, holster. Um, uh, I was running a Glock 19 um, in uh, Safari Land holster. Holster was great. I, if I would have had a better belt, it probably would have been way better. Uh, but I didn't have like a carrier EDC belt. I just had like a leather belt and uh, was dragging down. And I was fumbling around with it. And I, I went with that thinking it would be a little bit more versatile, a little bit more accessible, and I wouldn't be weighed on my back. It would just be kind of kind of there. Was it necessary? Probably not, but we went into this not knowing. But heavy, it would be certainly heavy. Yeah. And uh, I would go with a single stack nine or... Um, Maybe like a 357, like featherweight revolver or, or something like that. You know, we weren't in grizzly territory. Um, it was just simply peace of mind, probably. You know, yeah. there, were, there were wolves, there's moose, there was mountain lions. Yeah. I mean, unknown, the boogeyman. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and I carried, I had my Smith and Wesson, Smith and Wesson M&P. And same thing, you know, that's a heavy pistol. He, Hold seventeen rounds. I don't even know what the what's the uh, Blackhawk Serpo yeah. paddle holster. And that worked. I mean, that's light, and it clipped right on my XO pack. And you know, I mean, it's on my hip. It's on my hip. So I guess I mean, if you weigh your pack, yeah, it's extra weight with your pack hanging there. But you know, but if you are also <clears throat> listening to the meat eater. The Hanging Tree uh, series. They right. had all their stuff on their packs, and they were all that's fumbling around. Right, and if you notice, like when I was walking around camp and stuff, that paddle uh, holster comes right off and goes around your belt, and it's easy. So, but we weren't in sleep country either. So, yeah, it was, you know, but like when we, you know. Like the first night, I think it was, we had our camp in that first spot. And we, I'm like, I'm going to go down to the creek and get water. I was like, what, quarter mile or mm-hmm. half mile down? Yeah. And we're like, I'm dropping my pack here because <laughs> it's a heavy bastard. So I took, 
I took my pissed off. I wanted to just leave it there in the pack, so I put it on my head. It worked good, but yeah, definitely go with something lighter, like either a single stack, like a shield. And so we each had... Um, Mine was 9mm also. Yeah, and, and so we each had calls, so I had the temptress, uh, external read, cow call, and then I had some of the Phelps uh, orange diaphragms and the born and raised black uh, Phelps calls. and uh, They were all the amp frames. Yeah, born and raised yellow. And then John had all sorts of Phelps amp, green, yeah. black, orange, gray. gray. And a blue bro. And then we had each one of the Phelps tubes. And I had a Phelps Easy Estrus. And they, I mean, they worked. We called elk, got yeah. responses. I, uh, my favorite was the gray, which I lost on the second day. The gray and the green are my, the ones I like the best. The black, I think, had a little bit stiffer, uh, and you gave me one of the black bros that had the yellow latex. And that, I mean, it, <clears throat> to me, it was a little bit too stiff for me, the diaphragm. I like the, I mean, the orange are real easy to do cow calls with. Those are the, the I think one of the thinnest, might be the thinnest. But to get, I mean, they didn't last. I went through two of those while we're out there. My blue, the blue one, the original one, the mm-hmm. original blue one I had, that was completely blown out before I even got out there. That's the one I left in Big Daddy's uh, bedroom. Bedroom. But. And then for boots, I had the Cabela's Mindel Hunter um, with the 400 gram Thinsulate. And they were great boots. I mean, I was super comfortable. I just think. They were a little bit warm. Like I could have done without the the, grams. the insulation. Um, and then with the merino wool socks, like my feet were just, you know, pickled by the time I got done each day. I got one little blister and then I had like an issue like that. That was like a known issue. If I didn't tie them, like if I tied them too tight, um, right at the base of my foot where it meets my leg, you know, like perpendicular to my ankle, I would get like a a hot spot right there and I ended up getting a blister there, but I knew that, you know, if it, did, it, it was all dependent upon how I tied my boots. And so it was just, it, it was what it was. It wasn't, wasn't anything, but the boots were great. I mean, I went down in one of those mud holes and they were waterproof. I put um, you in a wallow. Yeah. yeah Let's go gonna, stand in front of that tree. Yeah. Oh, that's in a wallow. <laughs> And I I really had no issues with them, but I can see, I mean, reading the reviews, it was like either people loved them or they were like, these aren't durable enough. Um, you know, we were out there for eight days and they look like they were out there for eight months or eight years, like hunt, like hunting around here. I mean, it, it wasn't like we were in like rocky, nasty stuff where they were getting cut up, but with all the deadfalls and all the stuff branches and all the other stuff i mean they're they're pretty pretty whooped but as far as comfort goes and the, the, they were not a real super stiff sole um they're like a 10 inch boot they were 
They were good boots, but not a a boot that would last a season out there. Um, they weren't terribly expensive. I mean, they're expensive boots, but they weren't $500. I mean, I think they were like $199, something like that. So it's an expensive boot. Um, so I think, you know, for 200 bucks, I could have spent $80 more and got maybe a little bit more durable boot. And they actually, they actually make a version that's much more like a kind of track with the rubber outside, like the, the armor, I guess is for lack of a better term, uh, that probably are better suited for that type of terrain. But I just, I'd heard good things about the Cabela's, um, the Mindel line and, um, you know, some good things about the Hunter. So I tried them on, they were comfortable. I actually had gone to buy a, a set of the Danners and, um, they were just too narrow for my feet. They just didn't, they didn't feel good. And these ones felt good and had a good, pretty good reputation. So that, that's what I went with. So I went with the, I ended up, I originally was going to, um, purchase the Salomon. I think they were like the GTX, uh, I don't even know what all the numbers are, but <clears throat> I was going to Cabela's to pick them up and by the time I got there, they were having a sale and they were sold out. So I didn't get to try a pair on. So I ended up finding a pair of Crispy Thors that were like last year's model, which I think you can't even tell the difference between this year and last year's. I ended up, but they were the orange ones. And walking around here and stuff, I loved them. They're super comfortable. But the one thing about them, I have a really wide foot. Like, if you look at my shoes, all my shoes, even my, my Nikes, uh, my New Balance, like my pinky toe blows out the side on all my shoes. So it's a narrow toe. And when we got out there and when we were doing the downhill, all the downhill stuff, but especially in the, you know, coming back at night, my toes, I swore I was going to lose my pinky toenails because they were just killing me. Never got a blister, not one. So, I mean, they were super comfortable. But the other thing I noticed, they're, they're more of a short hiker. I think they're are they six inch, seven. I don't even know how. They're not super high. And they have a narrow sole. And so with me having weak ankles, I kept rolling, you know, especially on the way home, way back to camp every night, I would just roll my ankle. And I think it was like on, a, on Thursday, I really rolled my right ankle pretty good. And it was, matter of fact, it, the swelling just finally went down on it. It still hurts. Yesterday I ended up going hiking picking up one of my tree stands and it was killing me the whole time. So I think <clears throat> they're pretty durable. Uh, so one thing I'll say that, you know, you know, we were pretty rough on them, but they're dirty, but that's it. But I think I will go with something with a little bit, probably a 10 inch boot to give my ankles some more support and try to find something with a wider toe box. I've been trying to research it and I'm pretty sure that the Solomons are the ones that have the, the wider toe box, but I guess you live and learn no real complaints. I mean, for construction wise or tough boot, 
and I, I think I got them for right around the same price you did. They're regular like three hundred. I got them clearanced out like one eighty nine, maybe even. Hmm. So. And so, as far as clothes, I like John go first because he had pretty much all the same brand and the same stuff. Mine was like a menagerie of just about everything. So yeah, I ended up with all the Under Armour like early season stuff. The shirts, absolutely loved them. I wore the same two shirts like the whole time. And I mean, well, I took pictures of like my hats and stuff. I am a sweat hog. I mean, literally, it don't matter what we're doing. I was, I sweat. And I have the pictures of my hat. There's literally crusted salt on them. I sweat that bad. And I got home and, yeah, there's a, you know, they're not like fresh, but I didn't stink like B.O. Now, Adam, I could smell him from 10 feet away. He was pretty stinky. But so the shirts, they have, they're the Threadborn Heat Year and they have some. Some sort of Z something. Yeah. Antimicrobial stuff in it to kill bacteria. They worked great. Dried fast, everything. No complaints about that. I ended up the early season pants. Now, I don't really have much to compare them to. Like, I've never wore First Light. But I did buy some cool brand, uh, like a hiking pant. K-U-H-L. Yeah, it's pronounced cool. And uh, <clears throat> I wore those, like, probably half the time. They're more of a, they had, like, a tight leg fit. And so they didn't breathe quite as well, but they were, they weren't as baggy like my, and and they're super, the cools were super durable. Going over all the deadfalls and everything, I snagged them a couple times and, you know, no rips or anything. Now my Under Armour, they were a little more breathable, but they're really baggy in the bottom. They're almost like a loose fit bell bottom kind of, and <clears throat> I did snag, I got, I don't know, must have been paying attention, right, like, in my left hip by my pocket. I snagged and ripped a hole, like, inch and a half hole in them. So, you know, they're not quite as durable as what I would hope they would have been. But I got them fixed. They're, they're already re-sewn. So, you know, good pant. Like I said, I haven't tried First Light or Sick or anything to see how their stuff is breathable. And but they the, the Under Armour were definitely more breathable than the the Cool brand. Maybe it was because they're they weren't you know like a tight leg. They had a little more airflow since the leg is flopping around. But and then what else? We didn't have. I mean, I slept in my heavy stuff. But and then when I had my boxers I ended up going with I think they were Wolex. Those were great. Pretty much wore those same pair the whole week. I'd take them off at night, air them out. And then I wore uh, my darn tough socks. Those were great until I got home and washed them and then they end up with a hole in them. I don't know if they got caught in my wash machine funny or something, but they, uh, I ended up, I have a couple pair of like <clears throat> snowboard socks that are merino wool, but they're a little bit thinner and the, the cushion on those 
the darn tough that were like perfect. They were like a, they're like a midweight. And I tried those, I tried one of those snowboard socks one day and I was like, yeah, there wasn't enough there. So the darn tough socks are great. Now I'll just find out how their warranty works because I got to send them back and they'll uh, determine whether <laughs> they're uh, warrantied or not. Well, I'm not sure what happened with them, but they worked good. So we had the hex suits that don't breathe at all. And so that was part of that bad <sighs> part of the first two days was, you know, we were wearing the full hex suits and it was like a sauna. It was just, and like, I think we mentioned it before, but like the, the, the ankles or the bottoms of the, the, the feet don't like move. Like they're not, they're not elastic. And so getting them off, and especially like when you have to like, when you're so sweaty and you got to like peel them off, like, oh my gosh, they just don't breathe at all. Yeah. The the mesh system in them, they're not, not stretchy at all. I mean, and I don't even have like big ankles or anything that, that they're tough to get on and off. So in that situation, maybe like I brought my tops and stuff with me, like, when we were going to go sit or something. Cause then, you know, in the evening, every time we'd sit, it'd start getting cool. So it was nice to have, you know, like a base layer like that to throw on. Yeah. And so for my clothes, it was like a little bit of, of everything. So for the short sleeve shirts, I had those Cabela shirts. Um, they were like the octane, like the O2 camo. And they were like, a, a active type shirt, like a quick dry. And they did, they were very breathable. Very quick dry, not antimicrobial at all. So they stunk like so terribly bad. Like I, I had to like just leave them in my tent and not not even bother with them. And then I had some um, Browning. They're like VO two um, long sleeve, like thin, lightweight, warm weather shirts. They had mesh like underarms and like down the sides. And those were great. I mean, that was, and those had some sort of antimicrobial. They didn't stink. Um, had like kind of like an odd camo pattern on them. Not real sure. And not anything that I'd seen before. Um, anyways, it was one of those deals where like maybe I had a couple beers. I saw them on Camel Fire and I was like, oh, those probably work. So, so I ordered them and I think they were like 25 bucks. And so I, so I ordered a couple of those. And, um, that's what I wore most of the time. Um, I had a black Ovis 190 weight Merino hoodie, um, like a half zip. And it, it was perfect for when it was like a little bit chilly, breathed pretty well, didn't smell one bit. Um, but it's like almost counterintuitive. I mean, now like thinking back, it's like, okay, but you know, whenever I buy like a sweatshirt or anything like that i always buy a hoodie so i was like well i gotta buy the one with the hood and i would have been so much further ahead without the hood and just have the half zip because i would have worn it more um but it's just one of those like four forces of habit where i was like well i'll just get the hoodie well it doesn't doesn't really help me out that much um out there um so that was um you know one of the things that i would change i would buy the exact same you know I would buy the exact same thing just without the hood. And uh, then I had a black Ovis Merino 
stocking cap um, that I wore in the evenings, and um, that was pretty much it for the for that gear. And then I had Badlands outer shells and the Rev jacket. I bought it, took the tags off it, and still never worn it. Like whether I was fishing or or wherever, whatever I was doing, I've I've not ever worn it. I brought it with me. Now the pants I've worn fishing. I've worn them in snow. I've worn them when it was hot out, when it was, you know, warm through the total archery challenge. I did all of that. And they just don't breathe very good. They're the ion pants, but they're great. I mean, they're, we went through some really nasty stuff and they're like indestructible. I think there's like one stitch that's like out of place. And I, I, I guess one of the things they don't wash well, maybe it's part of the, like the way that they're built to be indestructible. Because they have a lifetime warranty and you can just send them in and get a new pair or whatever. But they don't, I, all that black charcoal that John was talking about having in his bowstring and his cables and cams, it like did not come out of these pants. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing because they don't, I mean, it's just a little bit darker. So as far as the camel is concerned. And it's the approach, their approach camel. And I was really kind of um, on the fence about it as far as how it was going to work, but I was like, well, they're a Western company and the, the Western style stuff, you know, the, it, it'll probably work out there. Well, when I was putting the stock on that white tail, John was videoing it and I was watching the video and I am just thoroughly impressed. I mean, I'm 10 or 15 yards in front of them and it's like my, my bottom is just like, you know, my legs have just like disappeared like that camel pattern. It almost like creates like a mirage or something like that. It's, I, I'm, I was very, very surprised, pleasantly surprised by it because it, and, and like I say, they're, you know, they weren't the most breathable pants, but they were indestructible. And then I had, um, outdoor research gaiters and I wore those most of the time, um, not breathable. So the days that I didn't wear them, I, I was noticed it. I was happy. But I also had like a bigger than a half dollar spider crawl up my leg and I killed him and he fell into the top of my boot. And then the ants would crawl up your legs and all sorts of stuff like that. So it's kind of a catch-22. They worked well, but they didn't breathe. So it was kind of like a, a balance. And I, they weren't, we weren't going through some, all that really nasty stuff. I mean, I wasn't worried about my boots getting untangled or any burrs or anything like that, but you know, when I was wearing them, it was a peace of mind. I didn't even think about it. I think maybe I was like overly, I was more cautious when I wasn't and wearing them. Those were the, the full lengths. Mm-hmm. So I ended up getting the um, outdoor research, the shorties. I wore them one day and I was like, yeah. yeah, they protect your boots and laces and keep your cuffs, you know, tight. But being the short ones, they just like, fall down, bunch up right at the top. Of you. So you look like a Clydesdale out there, you know, not that I care what they look like, but they're, they're just big poofy ankles, you know, so it's like, wow, I tried them for a day. I mean, it, they worked, but I didn't, I didn't put them back on. But I mean, they were nice in the morning when it was, the grass was dewy, you know, we were walking up that, in that tall grass stuff and going down in that, the shit tangles, but it was like, yeah. Yeah. One of the I'll things for all the, 
miscellaneous type gear, you know, that we had. Like we just, I had, like I said, I had like two of everything at least. Um, but John had bought these little tiny green four LED headlights that were, they were green. And then I had had one also, uh, and I, it was uh, just a white four LED. I think mine were like five or six. They're the Cyclops. Yeah, mine. I just bought a Camel Fire one in the same drunken spending spree that I bought the the shirts in. And one of the things out there, you know, why the stars are so bright, why everything is so bright. I mean, I was using that little light, and it was like there's no light pollution. So that light was the only light for miles and it lit everything up just fine. I brought it back. We were up camping, you know, last weekend and we were trying to catch crayfish and all this stuff. And that little light, you couldn't even see in front of your face with it. It was just <laughs> it, the, the stark contrast of the vast nothing versus, right. you know, it, it, it was amazing. I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, for like a, ten dollar light or whatever it cost for for you to be able to see that well with it you know that was that was amazing you know that and they're so much lighter and just clip on the bill of your hat the only thing problem the only problem with the ones that i bought the cyclop ones is both of ours the little metal clips like if you weren't careful putting it back on your hat the plastic cracked and then the clip didn't hold on so much so well so that was a bummer, but yeah, if we weren't taking them on and off, we would just let them right. be on there. It would have been fine. And then, kind of in that like miscellaneous gear um, thing, was like our electronics. So, like I had a GPS, like Garmin Montana 650T, that I think I turned on like twice. And you know, Joe had said you, you know, with the advent of Onyx and all of that, like you, you don't need that. It's just a redundancy. And that was really 100% what it was. I mean, we had the paper map. We had, both of us had Onyx. And then, you know, I had a, it was like, it's kind of like throwback to my grandpa or like whatever. But on the, I had like an old brass marble compass. And that was probably like one of my favorite things because like I could just look down and see like what way was north. And because, you know, we... There were so many like hairpin deals that we walked on. It wasn't like hard to get twisted up, but it was like if you're looking for north facing slopes, it's like, well, what way am I bugling? What am I? What am yeah. I doing? So, so that was that was real nice, and that was just right on the the my pack strap. And so between for our navigation, I mean, we had compass, map, GPS, phones. Inreach, yeah, and so another GPS, yeah. And the Inreach would tell you exactly where where we were at, and, and you know that was really cool, you know, to be able to text, you know, family at home and everything like that. Um, but it it wasn't flawless, so you know, for me, like texting my wife for the first like few days, like it worked just fine. And then all of a sudden, I was getting no responses, and it was like really weird. Like I didn't know what was going on, and then John had texted his wife, and there was like no response for a day. Right, and it I'm was still like, catching flack from that. My wife's like, "You said you were gonna text me every day." I'm like, "I tried to, I thought I did, 
yeah, whatever. No, you didn't. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I, I mean, I was texting my brother. It was going through fine. So I was like, he was like being like the intermediary, but the, and I tested it at home. So I knew that it worked and I knew that there was some lag and, you know, you could see it was interesting. And then I had posted like on our uh, Patreon, like you could go on there and you could see like the tracks that we were at and you could message us back and forth and stuff like that. So, um, but you could also email. So then I started like trying to email my wife and then she got those. And so it ended up all working out. But like for the first X amount of days, the texting worked. And then after that, I just had to use the email and it was just this person or that person. It wasn't like across the board. So it was, it was just kind of like a weird. It is weird. What, uh, what service do you guys use on your phones normally? AT&T. Oh. And my brother was using Verizon. I texted my mom on Verizon. So I. Yeah, see, we, we we use Verizon. Yeah, so I I don't know, you know, what happened or I don't really have a good explanation for it. But like I said, it was nice and it was also nice because I could go on there and get the weather. So I could get the weather forecast or say like what was going to happen. Because like on one of the days after we had talked to the, the farrier, he was like, yeah, there's going to be some rain coming. And, you know, we like I say, we got a, a few drops of rain, but we didn't get right. any sort of rain. That was that was good. Um, and I lost my GPS before we left or I couldn't find it. So I didn't even bring one. The only thing I had was my phone with Onyx. So I was relying on Adam to <laughs> keep us safe. <clears throat> yeah. And, and me uh, being able to text my wife through his inReach. Yeah. So, so we had that and then I had a battery bank and then, when you set up our camp, I had a goal zero, just the like, it's like the 30 watt one or something. I bought it at a pawn shop for maybe like 25 bucks or something like that. And the one day when it was overcast, didn't work very well. It got me like one bar. Um, but on one of the sunny days, a completely dead 10,000 milliamp thing was full by the end of the day. And so that was, that was cool. I mean, that it worked. I, I tested that out, but I also tested it out like on the 4th of July in the middle of the cornfield, you know? So like, I guess just the fact that it was functional versus whether, whether it was, you know, how well it would work on an overcast day or in less than ideal conditions. Uh, but as far as the electronics were concerned, that's pretty much everything that we had. And then, but, so, you know, John had talked about this in like a previous podcast, but my watch, so I got the Garmin Phoenix 3 R, like, so mine doesn't have a heart rate monitor, and I think that that might have something to do with that, but like our our steps were slightly off, right? Um, but our calories, like we would do like 13 miles, and it's like, oh, you burned 2,500 calories today, and it's like, there, that's impossible, John's burned like 7,000 calories, right. So, um, it definitely has something to do with, cause I mean, your heart rate has everything to do with the calories you're burning. If your heart rate's at 110 all day elevated, you know, doing strenuous activity or sitting in an office chair at 60 beats per minute or, you know, you're going to fucking definitely be burning more calories. Yeah, the BMR would have to be different. So 
there was that. I don't think that the temperature was accurate because it was like it like very very seldom deviated from like sixty or seventy degrees. I you know so I did not have the um weather function turned on, but I think that that goes off of wherever you're at, whatever it gets information from your phone. So that wouldn't have necessarily worked anyways. And that eats the battery. Like the battery life was really good on it. Um, the elevation was very helpful. The compass feature was very helpful. Um, all of that stuff was, was great. The steps, like I said, John and I steps were different, but it wasn't by like miles. It was by like, you know, a, a thousand steps or something like that. And, John may have been chopping his steps, you For know, sure. or, or, or whatever, but I mean, it knows how tall we are and, you yeah. know, but one of the things is it doesn't tell you if you, if you go And one of the things, you know, I could climb a thousand feet in elevation and it would say that I did like 30 floors or something like that. So I think it's so much so height the- over a certain amount of right. lateral Thing. so it was imperfect but it was a good i mean it was better than nothing so i don't think it was i don't think it was ideal you know i wouldn't like be able to use everything on it but the things that i that i wanted so if i were even if i were to buy say like a casio pro trek one of the things that i'd be looking for why i would buy that watch um and why I was looking at those watches was simply for the the compass, the altimeter, and the Casio Pro Trucks are um, solar, so um, that that augments the battery. Uh, but this Garmin Phoenix Three, I was very leery of the um, battery life, which turned out to be very good. I also had a navigation feature, so I guess that that was like a fourth or fifth. Um, redundancy um on that and then you know it had the the calories and the steps where like something like casio pro check wouldn't wouldn't have that right so it definitely would have been if you would if that one had the heart rate monitor your calories would have been way way more accurate accurate yeah and you were using the i just have the fitbit charge too i mean so yeah, there were some days where, you know, I was like 3,000 steps higher than you, but that was like, I think I was picking up some of the stuff when we when we drove the one day <clears throat> on the bumpy roads, which, you know, it's, you know, it's $130, you know, watch instead of a $500 Garmin or whatever. But, I mean, I... Like there was times where we were coming back and I I was counting, you know, I'd take a look and I'd count a hundred steps and it was like right on, you know. So when we we're walking every day and then like you're saying, chopping steps, we we're going up them hills. Yeah. There's some hills where I'm only taking, you know, short steps. So the mileage might not be quite, you know, quite right, but steps for sure calories for sure because you know that's the one thing that's nice about the heart rate monitor i i looked it up on when we got back and it you know downloaded my log and you know there was you know my heart rate was up over 100 
you know, most of the day, just 100, all the way up 120, all the way up to, I think there was a couple of times where I got up to like 150s climbing the mill. <laughs> so. That's probably when you're calling them out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was up in like the 200 range. So. <laughs> and then for water filtration, we both used the, the Sawyer Minis. Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't know what I would do differently. I wouldn't do that. So we have the Sawyer Minis, and then we had the Sawyer gallon bags. And if I was going to do it differently, like John had a three-liter platypus where he was using extra, like carrying extra clean water. And like I think we both decided that extra platypus or another bag that had like some sort of adapter so that the, the filter fit on there like 100%. But so that, it was just too slow. Like it was just... Yeah, because we were a lot of farting around. Like in the end, you know, we only had the one bag. And when I went back to the truck, when I forgot my spoon, we had a whole bunch of smart water bottles in there for this very reason. But I grabbed two of those. And it was so much easier to just screw that on there and just squeeze out that little bit of water. And you had a more like firm grip on it. And it just, everything was so much easier doing it, doing it that way. But there's just there's still got to be like a better way, and I even the 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 water that we were drinking, um, it was it, pretty clean. It was it was very clean, but it always had shit in it, like leaves and right dirt and stuff like that. But what I'm getting at is like with a stereo pen or something like that is like you'd still have to like filter or like or just drink big chunks of shit. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, you know, you could do that with a with a um, a bandana or or something on there to kind of keep that sort of stuff out of there, which would be fine. Um, the the guy, you know, that was kind of hunts the area and was kind of telling us what he does is he has the um, uh, they're not I don't think that they're the catadine, but there's something like that. Um, the bottles with the filters right in them. So he just scoops it up and drinks hmm. through, through that. And I think I would have like some sort of balance between the two. Maybe I'd still have like a Sawyer mini and a, a, a water bottle with me, but the farting around with that, the big, the one gallon with the bladders, but, but, but even with the, with the camelbacks, like I would rather have like either like two nail jeans or something like that. And then you could just stop and fill them up and, drink like with with some other because i mean and there was a case where john filled up his clean water but no he he, <laughs> he he attached the hose from the dirty water bag and just put it right into his camelback without the filter on i was there. like man that went in quick i was like oh fuck <laughs> i just dumped dirty water straight into my camelback so so then i used the the aqua aquamire yeah, yeah yeah that's what the name of that bottle is the aquamire bottles so i threw yeah, a couple the, of those tablets, the, the tablets in, there. in there which is basically like chlorine yeah it tastes like drinking pool water but so i knew it was clean but i you know i like the system i just didn't like the big well especially after i ripped a hole in one of them I ripped a hole in my one-gallon Sawyer bag. But even by the time we got done with a week, 
you know, yeah, we, the last one blew out. It blew Here. out, you know, when we were squeezing it. Like, I, we we could have filled it up and hung it overnight, you know, but that was, it was kind of like. But yeah, we did that the one night. We carried it back. But for one, the water was so nice and cold. I just like filtering it and having cold water each day. So, like, I had, mine was actually a two liter. I had a two liter platypus you know, bladder for my... Mm-hmm. I had the same one. For my backpack. And then I had an extra two liter, just the regular platypus bag. And these things are super tough. But the problem is they have a different freaking thread on the spout than what the Sawyer has. So it doesn't hook directly up to it. So if you try to squeeze it, it pops it off. So... Maybe there's something I was missing, but it would definitely have been like if that thread's the same, I'd buy a couple more of those and I would use one as a dirty bag instead of that aqua, the, the odd, odd size Sawyer one, you know, that, that bag's just kind of cumbersome. And yeah, it's got a big spout on it, but the platypus ones, you can get the one with a zipper on it. Hmm. Yeah. I- like I said, that's something where, I mean, realistically, just being able to scoop the water out and hold it and drink it. So whether you had one of those Aquamire bottles that has the filter right, right in it, and then you had something else to, to filter water. But, like, I prefer drinking just out of the Nalgene bottle versus the, Camelback. I mean, I guess it was like kind of like a peace of mind. But, like, you know, all those times when you were out of water and we were, like, you know, headed back or, or whatever. I was like, here, take some of my water too. Cause I wasn't drinking out of that. Like, yeah. Well, but you, but you also, you probably sweated 15 times more than I did. So yeah, my hats are all screwed. Well, clean up. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, I, my stuff would be completely soaked through every, yeah, so if, 10, 15 if, minutes. if anybody out there has a any experience with, like, SteriPen or, like, you know, um, just iodine tablets, any of the water purification tablets, and that's the way that you guys do it, or if there's a better way, um, <laughs> certainly let us know. Shoot us a message because, like, that was the one thing. It wasn't wasn't bad. There was water everywhere, but it was, like... Like that one, the one spot where we went down looking for it, and I said I got, like, a tiny bit in a little plastic bottle <clears throat> not even enough really to dick around with something like that if you would have had like a pump you could have pumped it out you know where you had been you know shallow the water was clean and cold i mean it wasn't muck but it just wasn't and it was it just like a trickle yeah but there was a little you know there was enough there where you could just steadily pump it out but you just couldn't fill a bag or anything with it so yeah, let us know. That's uh, and like I say, it wasn't like we didn't have water. We didn't have access to it. It was just like there had to be a better way. We did a lot of farting around with, with filling that stuff up. Um, yeah, I drink a ton of water. So, and then finally, um, with our food situation, so I was junk food. Well, so I kind of had like this thing going in where I was like, well, I'll just eat like 
my comfort food, junk food, and then I made my own dehydrated meals. And then John was going to do Mountain House and all this fancy lightweight stuff. And then we had that conversation with Mark from EXO. And then John kind of like went to the gas station and, and got his like little girlfriend left him food. And it was cookies and all sorts of oh. like, like like different stuff and and uh, got pop tarts and but I end up I don't know what the hell I was thinking I must have been on a chocolate craze but I end up with like chocolate pop tarts chocolate trail mix uh you know chocolate chip cookies granola or uh, Snickers bars which those were awesome huh? those were my favorite I've always loved Snickers but then end up getting some of your stealing some of your gummy bears but mountain house meals uh, they were great i loved them so i guess i'll just spend the money on them yeah i ate all sorts of different stuff like one of the things that like i was really surprised um i was done with beef jerky by like day three or four like i didn't eat another piece of it like it was there was there was too much, but I had beef jerky. I had the the fudge dipped granola bars, which were fine. I had some of the um like the the nut and peanut butter um, protein bars. So they had chocolate and like a bunch of almonds and cashews and all that stuff. And then they had they were protein bars. They were like twenty grams of protein. Um, I had gummy bears. I had dried mangoes i had the trail mix that was the dried fruit um that was really good um one of the things that was like an afterthought was like summer sausage like little slices or like salami hard salami that john uh, vacuum sealed up for me and those are probably like one of my favorite things um and then my meals were like the dehydrated. Uh, You're forgetting one thing. What's that? Gummy bears? No. Paydays? What's that? The butthole sandwiches I made. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. John John made, made butthole sandwiches, which... So... So, yeah, let me just finish up going through <laughs> my stuff. Was, uh, so, I had like the mini paydays, uh, gummy bears... And then I had dehydrated um, ground beef, um, some minute rice, and then some of the nor rice made up all in things for like my main meal. And um, then John had made up bowl sandwiches. And like the first couple times that I had eaten those, it was like, it was like grueling. It was like, <laughs> I could eat like three quarters of one because he made them with like a full size lender's bagel. And so like if they were made with a bagel thin, would probably been like maybe... Yeah, more, but that was defeating uh, the purpose right. of the calories. I, yeah, so, so John was like, there's not enough calories. Because, you know, if you listen to the one with Mark from EXO, he was like, like totally, like so ingrained and in like having to have like this many calories. So he was like, he was like, that's not enough calories. Yeah, he's showing me a spreadsheet right now, <laughs> like where he's got it all, like trying to figure it out. And um, that that was just like not enough calories for him. But it would have been probably more calories for me because i probably would have eaten the whole thing because it was like i'd eat like three quarters of it and that last little bit would be like oh my gosh except for like you said when when i was going up 
the hill, there was that one time where I was like super like I need to eat something, and I just like scarfed one of those down. It was like absolutely like the right amount of like everything that I needed right at that time. But beyond that, like you need the thing was is like you know we were we just had this big long conversation about water. And so it was like you needed some liquid to get that thing down because it like ended up being like a little bit dry and this and that. See, I looked forward to every day. I was like, oh, time for the sandwich. <laughs> but I had made mine. I made yours with plain bagels. Not that it made any difference. I, but I had the cinnamon swirl bagels. And, man, I, I thought they I was eating them before we even got out there. <laughs> well, it, all right. So let me. Uh, okay. So all my food I was like happy with, but then I like saw like the things that John was eating. I was like, oh man. So I ate some, he had some extra ramen noodles. So I had eaten ramen noodles a couple of nights. I killed the grouse and uh, put that in the ramen noodles. That, that reminds me. I forgot my yeah, grouse in the freezer. Your grouse is still out in Idaho. Um, Damn it. So, so I shot a spruce grouse and uh, tasted like mangoes. It was real, the weird, it was almost a weird thing. Like, even like, as soon as you ripped the breast open, it like smelled like, and it kind of smelled like spruce, but it smelled more like a, like dried fruity. mangoes. It was really, really fruity. Um, but that was good. Um, but like, I also had brought some of the packets of the like starkest, like chicken, like ginger soy chicken. I added that to one of my meals the one night and oh man that was probably the best thing that i ate like with that nora rice and that oh it was so good that was that was great I, but i didn't have any problem like eating any of the stuff like i basically tossed out the uh you know i just quit eating the the jerky and then every morning um we had these bulletproof coffee um practice up like the butter coffee so it was like powdered mct it was kind of it was like weird like consistency yeah it was just like a fruit dried it was like powdered fat yeah it was like powdered butter and powdered mct oil mixed together um then we put that in our coffee and that was really good it was like different than butter coffee i mean it had still had kind of like the same like it mixed in all right i mean you stirred it up and it melted into it so yep and so John had his um, French press with the jet boil, so he did his coffee that way for the, most of the days. I had some black rifle coffee and uh, a, a little pour-over thing, so I'd done that the one day. Um, but the, the Tioga Rise, uh, we had some Tioga Rise packets of the like powdered coffee or whatever. Was it? And I left mine in the cooler. <laughs> and uh, I, I gave you some. Yeah. But it was it was good. I mean, for for freeze-dried coffee. I tell you, I mean, compared to the Black Rifle ones who mixed, I mean, the Black Rifle's a little bit better, but the cleanup on the Tioga, there's no, no comparison. I mean, not have to deal with the press and all that. You just freaking dump it in your cup and... And, and one of the things, up. too, is, like, I had some old, like, Maxwell House, like... Nescafe. Or- yeah, like, some dehydrated <laughs> coffee packets, and it was, like, not good. And John would, like, pour it in his cup, and he's like, is this supposed to be, like, this black, like, little rocks? 
I think and that it, one got wet. And it was like, to, it, but it, but even looking at the Togo rise, it was like completely different. Like yeah. looking everything. Um, and we basically did. Like I packed enough, and I gave John somebody didn't bring it. So, uh, but for two packets per cup of coffee, and yeah. that was that was perfect. And I don't know how big those things were. Well, they had measuring cups on them, but it was, um, you know, a fair amount of coffee. John's got one right there. The cup and three quarters to the top, so probably a cup and a half. So that's what twelve ounces. So twelve yeah. ounces, twelve ounce coffee. We used two packets, and uh, it was good. And it it just mixes in like you can do it in cold water too. Um, but that was definitely one of the things that I. That's what I looked forward to in the morning was and the not having to to clean up. And that's one of the things. John's like, well, you're not gonna clean that up before you put your oatmeal in it or whatever. Oh, and I had oatmeal. I'm like, no, I don't care. It's all going to the same spot. We'll yeah. just put it in there. But overall, the food, like, I wish I would have had more. I like, I saw him eating this, like, um, Snickers, and I was like, oh, my paydays will be fine, but I would have liked the Snickers. That would have been good. Um, but beyond that, it was no big deal. And I, okay, so this is, I got a picture of it, but there's, there's no bullshit. Like, I have no idea how hot it needs to get to melt gummy bears, but I had gummy bears in my pocket that melted all together into one giant gummy log. Yeah. It was like just one thing. It wasn't like they just started to melt. They all melted and congealed together as one. And so that would give you a kind of idea of like what the temperature range was from 28 to however hot it needs to be to melt gummy bears all into one. Um, but all of that, other than the the beef jerky, like you can keep that. Like I, I won't bring that next time. I'll definitely supplement protein for something else, different different meat. Well, I I didn't mind my I ate all my beef jerky. Of course, I eat everything. I, I mean. Yeah, yeah. So I did not realize how much John eats. Like when he was saying, "Oh yeah, I'm an eater," and he was talking about his peanut butter and this and that and the other thing. Um, you know, to eat a full mountain house and then be like, "Well, now I'm gonna eat this ramen noodles or eat two ramen noodles and then other stuff." It's like, what? Are you serious? And like you would think, like that's a lot of sodium until you saw like his hat. And you're like, oh, yeah, he probably burned that much salt today. Because it's just like, I mean, like when you can chip the salt off of your clothing, that's excessive. Yeah. When I got back, I had to wash my uh, bino harness because it was so crusty from salt. So, yeah, I I mean, I had biscuits and gravy, you know, the mountain house, biscuits and gravy. That was awesome. Uh Chicken and dumplings, noodles and rice. Uh, you had some, what was that weird one? Um, they had the, like, Amarie style oh, heater. That was that. A, I can't remember. It was Southwestern chicken. And it wasn't a, it, that wasn't a dehydrated pack. That was just a, you know, sealed pack. I can't remember the brand. I got that one up at, uh, in our Nuevo, it was uh, 37 North. <clears throat> it was a good, it was good food, but it was heavy. I mean, because it was our, it wasn't dehydrated. It just wasn't very big. I had to eat like 
couple more packs of ramen noodles after that one. And then <clears throat> I had another one. Was it was it Backpackers Pantry? Or yep. Something? Yep. That one was excellent. That was like the chicken fettuccine. And it had like peppers in it or something. Yeah, sort. it had like the little red peppers. And I mean, that one just, when, as soon as I opened it, opened it up, it smelled. I was like, man, you got to smell this. This thing's awesome. It had like the really good little noodles. So, yeah, the only the only things that like when I ate the there's two of them on my workbench like the scrambled eggs with the bacon, you know the powdered egg stuff just mm, not you know if I don't have to eat it. I'd rather have you know I'm not going to do that in the mornings. I'll eat the biscuits and gravy for dinner no problem. You know maybe throw some of the scrambled eggs in with it, but I don't know. But I had no problem with any of the meals. Yeah, there were a few days there where one one for sure. Oh, and one of the days I had like for like when the day when we were going back to the truck, I had a can of like ravioli. And like oh. one of the days like and so I threw that in the bag when we had the cart. I did have the foresight. I didn't bring a spoon to eat it with, <laughs> but I threw that in there. And um it was one of the days when we just like it was just a brutal day, and I got back and I just like I opened that up. I didn't heat up a damn thing. Like I just ate that and I ate some other like other things that I had that I didn't need to heat it up. And I was like, I'm going to bed. And I kind of felt bad because John was like on his like fourth course of like nine, and I was like, <laughs> he's still eating. And I was like, dude, just like this day is done. Like I'm, I'm, like, I'm calling it night. <laughs> I'm going to finish my ramen noodles after my biscuits and gravy. So, and then I'm going to eat a Snickers bar. And John had like all sorts of things that like I would never bring. Not that I wouldn't want to eat them. Um, he had like Oreos and like Chips Ahoy and Sara Lee cookies. And the only reason I wouldn't bring them is because like every time I brought that stuff like in the military, it got smashed and then it was like dusty. And so, like, I would see it, and I'd be like, oh, man, that looks really good. And then he'd open it up, and it'd be, like, crumbly, and I'd be like, mm, okay. I had no problem. Validation. It, 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 there's no problem, like, eating it, but I just feel like that. It, it was, like, the story, like, when we were at ATA that Adam Greenchy was saying, and, like, he went back to, like, the old camp and found, like, that little tiny piece of bread. Right. It's, like, that, like, wasted, like, little bit, um, you know. Yeah, but I, I just open up the pack and drink it. <laughs> Like Oreos were all the only ones that the ones that got crumbly were those like the Mrs. Fields, mm-hmm. like the one chocolate chip cookie, and my Pop Tarts. Those got I vac I separated those and vacuum sealed them, so they did get pretty smashed. But man, when I put the Justin's peanut butter packet on it, that was a shit. That 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 morning when we were sitting there and that was a. Saturday morning, we watched the sun come up. I made one of those, and that definitely picked me up a little bit. Boosted your morale. Yeah. Yeah, you were in a bad spot that day. Yeah, I was. Well, I was, I mean, my knee was killing me. My ankle was killing me. Freaking didn't get much sleep, you know, going on seven days of freaking just pounding the dirt. Forgot all about that once we heard that first bugle that morning. 
then after like the 40 from the other one it was like yeah what 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 knee problem (laughs) so i think that pretty much wraps up everything that we brought with us what are the main things that you would change or what would you do like of everything that we've outlined what is the one thing that sticks out that you'd have to do differently boots boots definitely have to get a i mean i I like the crispies but definitely have to get a wider toe box boot so and so how you you know we we did like a lot of um prep work for this so how could you i mean for somebody that's that's thinking about doing this or, or gonna go out there you know you put however many hundreds of miles on those boots before you even went out there it just wasn't in the same in, right. in in a row so what i would say is like when you're gonna what really tears up your feet is the downhill so go to the biggest freaking baddest hill and go down that sucker just keep going down it go back go up and down up and down up and down see how your toes because when you're going downhill all your weight's piling your toes into the end of that boot and if you don't i mean i even would lace them up like when we go back i'm like we're heading back i would tighten up my ankle ones you know that's what's nice about the crispies you you have two you know two zones basically you got the top of your foot and then you have your ankle up your leg and i would tighten up the top part just to keep my foot from sliding forward but you know you only do so much i mean especially you know, after, at that point, we already had, you know, 10 miles on, eight, nine, ten miles, five-mile walk back. That, my, you know, like, like I was telling you before, my legs at that point were so fatigued that my, it didn't matter what boots I had on, you know, it was easy to roll my freaking ankle. So, I definitely work on my leg and ankle strength that's what's going to be top priority but boots for gear boots and um maybe try some different pants or something just you know not not that they were a problem they're just durability i mean they ripped pretty easy i did like the cools definitely have, for me i have to wear the i have the two hat system <laughs> As one gets sweated out, you take it off and hang on your pack and let it dry out. Maybe you have to go to a three hat system on some days. The one time, the one day I forgot one of the hats and that was, I had a bad day that yeah, day. So that was the day when I went back to the truck and you're yeah. like, get my other hat. Get my other hat, dude. <laughs> Cause yeah, I was, I sweat so bad if I don't have a hat on, then the then it just runs in my eyes and my eyes are burning and I can't see and. I gave him a bandana. I wanted him to do the Uncle Frank, like the, the, yeah. a bright white one. Richard Simmons, like, yeah. I think for me, like, a, I would not forget the chair. That would mm. be, that would be one thing. Um, you know, no beef jerky. I'd, I'd cut that out and, and go to something different. Um, and then just go to a different. I, I would like to try out like a small pair of hikers or something like that. But I don't know. I mean, I think you would be like so much more, I don't know, agile, limber. I don't know which, which is the word. Yeah. You're pretty clunky in your boots, but yeah, they they were, 
they were maybe I would like a little the, bit overkill. But this new or not new, but like the I've been looking at like the Under Armour. I think they're the yeah. I saw that Infoops or whatever. And now, like the moon boots or like the no, no, not the fat tires with the round sole. Those just look like they're cumbersome to me. I mean, maybe they're quiet because there's but no, the Infoops. They're a I seen Cameron Haynes is running like new ones that are gonna be like his signature, and they got the double boa, so they have the boa for the bottom. Have you ever used that system on our snowboard boots? Yeah, man, I used them on snowboard boots, and it was like the most painful boot I'd ever used in my life. Did you over tighten them or something? I don't think so. I mean, I mean, I, I, throughout the day, like I loosened them up, but I think it's just because those wires don't have—they're they're not flexible like a laces. They don't. There's no give, yeah. and so I don't know. I, I it was absolutely like the most painful thing. So like, were they any, a rental boot though? Mm-mm. Nope. Were they someone else's boots? They were. If someone else has broke that boot in for snowboarding, you're gonna have problems. Well, Mostly. it was just like, it was like, but it, I mean, how in the world would you ever try it out to be like, well, I want to try this or not. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, I mean, that was kind of like my thing, but, but so like that is my automatic reaction to any of that, like boa type stuff is like. My daughter runs them and she loves them. And then Jet has a, the same, it's not the boa crank, but it's got the same style lace. Mm-hmm. You pull those up and lock them in, and they really like them. So I was just, what was neat about the that boot is it's. I don't think the the Infoops one has. I'm mean, saying it right. I don't think they have like that two stage tie, which I really want because I don't want to have to tighten them really super tight on the top of my foot, which squeezes it. I'd like to be able to tighten up my ankle. Yeah, so I think for me, like I would I would like to try a boot that's maybe like a little bit more agile, but I I like the the high high top. So like uh I mean it seems like a lot of the like high speed guys. So this is more like a it almost looks like a military boot. Mm-hmm. It is the infilops. Yeah. Yeah. And they come in black, like, and I see, like, a lot of people are actually military guys that, and they are, like, super lightweight. Well, that's but, what I was going to say. Like, a lot of the... Like, see how wide the toe, the toe box looks wider on it. The high-speed guys run, like, the Oakley boots and, and something like that. Because, like, that's the thing. Like, my boots, like, still from the Marines, like, I can wear those right now without any issue wherever. Uh, Where but I, your oak? but I like the high speed or the 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 that higher like a ten inch boot. Yeah, that's what these are. <clears throat> so, um, I I'd like to try something like that. I'd definitely bring a chair, but and I would bring half the gear. So, yeah, you were definitely redundant on stuff. Everything. Well, I mean, I was like, hey, do you need this? I have one. Do you need this? I got one. I got extra. But the only thing I was, I mean, like when. <laughs> When we were throwing our camp on the cart, I was like, yep, yeah, I'm bringing all my cold weather shit. And it was hot. <laughs> it then it was hot. And then I cool. sweated my balls off. I was sweating the one night and just my underwear in my tent. 
yeah, so I mean, I think that goes goes through everything that we've we've brought and kind of the changes that we would um, bring about. And I don't think we had anything that just flat out didn't work, um, but there are definitely some improvements to be made. And I think, honestly, like kind of like what you had alluded to maybe on the last podcast was that like doing this amount of like everyday walking, using your gear, hard use type thing, it makes whitetail hunting like so much more it makes it seem like a little bit more trivial like you know like oh it's only two miles you know or oh we just need to go there and you're carrying like you know I we just weighed my my stand and it was like 20.2 pounds 20.6 pounds you know depending on what scale i used and it's like eh, no big yeah. deal we're easily carrying that every day yeah so even it, when we were trimmed down yeah i mean and so and so, I mean, in that vein, it only is going to make us better. And so hopefully you guys can take away from this. And I mean, it either gives you some insight on what to do, what not to do, or it gives you a resource to say, hey, let me reach out to them and say, hey, like, what did you think about this? Or, you know, because realistically, our experience was completely going in blind and just listening to like whatever other people had to say and kind of like balancing you know the the budget friendly versus like what you needed need versus versus want and um i kind of pushed the want (laughs) (laughs) i mean i was gonna full out go with that alps pack until the issues i had with it and then finally i was just like you know what my wife gave me the green light, so I was like, screw, all right, screw it. Yeah. XO pack. And I, like I said, I fucking love that pack. Excuse my language, but, like, when I was, I mean, the Alps pack is comfortable, like, 30 pounds. But if you're going to pack out an elk, you're going to have issues. I mean, you're going <clears> to <throat> you're gonna have issues with anything if you're going to start packing out an elk. I mean, just because of the weight. But if you start... Well, you know, that's what I was thinking. Like, well, if you got, say you got 80 pounds on on your pack and you're trying to use your trekking poles and get out, and next thing you know, those things are sliding and you're going to try to keep adjusting that as you're going, that's going to be a pain in the ass. And when I put the molly straps on, for me, it just didn't feel right. It put all that stress, like, right on my neck and... And then the other thing about it too was like when I was shooting, when I had I was I had forty pounds in my pack, walked around the lake, I got back and I was trying to shoot my bow and I'm pretty wide, so when and with that frame, when I would draw back, I would and with that weight in the pack, that's when you know, when we were up at when we were at Tolmar Toll Archery Challenge, I didn't have we had what, maybe twenty pounds, if that. So it wasn't cinched down tight, so it wasn't like restrictive. But when forty pounds and you gotta have it cinched down, then I really noticed that when I draw my bow back, I couldn't get my full, you know, posture. My posture was off. My shoulders felt like they were in because I was hitting the metal frame. So that was going to be a problem. Where didn't have that at all with the EXO. Yeah. So like I say, it's it's our experiences coming from a we we don't have a sponsor that's like, well, here's the money, you know, that use our packs, use our boots, use our 
or whatever. And I'm quite surprised at John's reaction to the boots because, I mean, like, if you, if you were to watch and, – and there may be a, another version. Like, if you were to go, have gone somewhere and got fitted or got to try on all the different crispy boots. Uh, but that's one of the problems here being in the Midwest is that you don't necessarily have – I mean, like, so beyond the ears, when we were at Total Archery Challenge, they had crispies and they've had that. Right. So, you know, there, there are some options. Um, but, you know, if you don't have one right – right where you're at you just have you know you say well these guys use crispies i'll just order these crispies and right. you know it'll be it'll be fine it may not be the boot for you but it's just like any shoe yeah you know you kind of you kind of play that and i think it's almost impossible you know because you had a great experience around here to get out there and then just now you kind of know what to expect and like that downhill thing might be you know what really helps somebody to figure out like like what it is that they're what they're going to need. Yeah, but put 40 pounds in your pack and find the biggest hill and just keep going down it. See how your feet are going to feel. But yeah, that's that's just kind of like our experience, our takeaway and and the things that we use. So if you've if anybody's got any questions, feel free to reach out to us or um if you had different experiences with uh, any of the things that we've talked about, you know, shoot us a message. We're not saying that this is the only way or that, you know, but it's just exactly Everything's super personal. The other thing with the crispies, like, and I had mentioned out there, I think one of the things too is it's got a really narrow sole in the back of the heel, Mm -hmm. and it's kind of a higher, like almost like a high heel. And what was it? Sunday, I walked, my wife and I walked the dogs around the lake, and I wore them that day, and I rolled my ankle fresh. Same thing, just, I'm like, son of a bitch, this is what I did out west. (laughs) You know, so I stepped on a rock and, you know, my ankles are pretty weak. You know, they haven't recovered yet. But, yeah, I need something with a little bit lower profile, wider base to be more stable for me. You know, weak ankles. Which, I mean, I used to be really strong ankles. I used to, you know, play hockey for years, so. But it's been, it's been over 10 years for that. So maybe if I was still playing hockey, I could handle the Krispies. Well, it's just those old glory days. <laughs> so, you know, someday we'll be saying, if I could just climb that mountain, if I could just get out there one more time, you know, the gear wouldn't matter. It would just be the experience. And, and I think that that's one of the things that, you know, the born and raised guys, they try and say, you know, just get out there, get the experience because, you know, forever – for whatever money that we put into gear, whatever money that we put into tags, whatever money we put into anything like that can't buy the experience that we had. And so that experience will only build for the next time. Yeah. So I guess one of the things I wish, I wish I would have been able to do this years ago. Like I wish I would have got into this, at least 10 years ago or, you know, I mean, I'll be 44 this year. So, I mean, I, that's when my wife's like, well, do you really think you got to do it every year now? I'm like, well, yeah, I, mean, I only have so many years left where I'm going to be able to go out there and climb a freaking mountain. <laughs> I mean, I might not be able to do it next year, but physically, but something for people to think about. Like if you're just thinking about it and, you know, you might want to do it. Get out and do it. 
Yeah, certainly. I mean, and that's that's one of the things. Like, I don't I in no way regret regret going out there. I mean, that's you know, we didn't we didn't come home with a filled freezer, and I said it. That's that's my only regret is that we don't have any meat. Um, and it, it, it's not about like. I wish I had a big set of antlers or I wish I would have done that because we could have walked up on a, you know, world-class deadhead and came home with the antlers and still <laughs> had the same thing. So, um, th- that's, that's the, the reality of, of the whole thing, but you, you're, you only have so many opportunities. So if you get an opportunity to go out there, if you think that you're going to do it, you know, most, most certainly do that. And, Enjoy every second of it because it's true. I mean, all you you think about is like trying to get back out there. The best, two of the best uh, assets for me were the Elk 101, the University of Elk with Corey Jacobson, and the Elk Nut. So either the Elk Nut app, which I think was $9.99, and it's got all the different, you know, he goes over the calls and stuff. But also, his name is Paul Mendel. 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 You can look up. He's got seminars on YouTube, and he goes over all the all the stuff that you need to know. And listen, tune it in on like you listen to it like you don't have to watch it. You can just listen. I, matter of fact, I listened to it again on the way out when Adam was sleeping. I just put it in my headphones and cranked it up and. That's one of the things that definitely the the knowledge is the most important. And so until you get out there and get some experience, try to soak up everything you can in that. Speaking the language is is pretty important. Yeah, that's one thing I would like I said, I would I would do differently is I would learn more about that that aspect of it. John, you know, he definitely was more in tune um, with what he was saying versus just being able to say it. So, but like I say, um, you know, we, we've been talking here for, you know, two hours, one more time. So, uh, has it been two hours already? So that's, uh, that's pretty much all we've got for you tonight. If you got any questions on any of the things that uh, we talked about today, feel free to shoot us a message and I'll do my best to put, um, as much of this into the, the show notes as far as links to the gear. Uh, we don't have any affiliations or anything like that, so we don't get anything from it, but it'll just give you an idea of like the gear that we did uh, did choose uh, for this trip. Uh, but if you stuck with us this long one more time, um, thanks again for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time. See you.
fun to go with like just full-blown redneck on these fish. This is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chase in the Sun, Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. You're listening to the Waypoint Podcast Network, brought to you in part by HuntStand, the number one hunting and land management app.